Hey there, it's Antonio, and I'm back, sort of, with another episode of Who Cares If You Listen. I don't have a guest. I haven't had a guest. I haven't had an episode since the summer. I did one outside with John and Keith. You know, we had some fire going on. It was lovely. The sound quality came out atrocious, and I'm learning and fumbling through so much having done this podcast, I feel like I've got a pretty good grip on audio, but yet the audio keeps trying to defile me. Is that the word I want? Defile? Y- you know, it's like a genie. It's like you wish for something, but you don't do it in the right way. And then you end up being a pumpkin or some crap like that. I mean, audio equipment is just very fickle. And especially when it's running through a computer. And you know, I guess my problem with computers is just that nobody ever takes responsibility for it. I mean, the software people blame the hardware and the hardware people blame the software and then everybody blames Windows. And it's just, I, you know, I don't want to sound like an old Apple commercial, but I just want everything to work. I just want to be able to plug it in and talk. And there's just been so many barriers to just being able to sit, talk and publish and do it at a quality that I'm actually happy about. So I just stopped doing the show for a very long time. Uh, I started a new job in April, and I think I recorded two episodes since I started, and then eventually it was like, well, how many of these am I going to do? I I work legal assistance during the day, and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I get to talk to people and answer their legal problems and not try and hit them up for a retainer. So you're not keeping any of your secrets closely guarded to your chest. You're kind of expounding everything that you know over the phone. But at the same time, if you're talking to people five or six hours a day on the phone, it's not necessarily the most enjoyable thing to come back to the exact same chair. Uh, where I talk to people for five or six hours a day and then come back and then try and record a podcast after that. And I think more importantly, one of the things that really bothered me, I mean, I enjoyed doing this podcast. I love a lot of the people that I talk to on this podcast, but the editing, man, you know, I really, for the amount of listeners that I had, and I don't want to really expound on my listener base, although I can see the metrics, for the amount of listeners I had, I spent in the inordinate amount of time oh hello bally do you like to be on the podcast come on hop hop sorry that's bally she decided to come and visit and she's making a lot of noise because she wants attention which is what all females do oh no he can't say that on a podcast yes i can because like four people will listen to this you gonna cancel me editing a podcast is so much work just going through the little snippets line by line between two people possibly they don't have a very good connection to begin with possibly there's going to be some micro disconnects or latency on the internet and then you've got to line everything up and then just snip it and dice it with like the software equivalent of a santoku knife and just get everything nice and tight And then work on equalization and then work on compression and then work on the peaks and caps. And 
you know, at the end of the day, you're sort of happy with the end product, but you never get it perfect. I'm not a sound engineer. I really don't know how that looks like. And apparently Audacity, which is what I use to record my files and edit in, is not the best one to do this for podcasts, but it's what I taught myself to use. And I don't really want to have to spend the learning curve learning some new software. So editing, man, I mean, editing ate up so much of my time. And then at a certain point, something had to give. When you walk away from any kind of project that you spent a lot of your time on, and I worked on this podcast from August of 2020 all the way till like April of 2021. So we're talking about a good eight months where the most serious work that I would do in a week was on the podcast. I mean, yes, I still had files from my own practice. Yes, I was looking after the kids, but like any spare amount of energy I had went into the podcast, either trying to find guests, editing audio, doing new interviews, putting things together. And, you know, I told myself I was just going to take a week or two off just to kind of get my bearings at my new job. And then two weeks turns into four, turns into six. And then all of a sudden, something that became a deeply ingrained habit just goes away. And I had that pattern with a lot of things in my life, be it uh, sports that you do, be it uh, diet and exercise. Um, I finally got back on the Peloton. I got one of those for my birthday back in August. And, uh, you know, you take a few days off and a few days comes a week and then you got to get back on the saddle. And, you know, you get that negative energy where you're just kind of kicking yourself into doing it. You feel good when you do it eventually, but just that initial kind of resistance to get back on the saddle really takes a lot out of you. And, you know, I was feeling that with my podcast, with recording new episodes. I mean, at what point is it just laziness? You know, something innate to your, the essence of who you are and how much of it is just this um, resistance energy telling you that, uh, you know, why don't you just watch another YouTube video? Why don't you just uh, take it easy? You know, put on, put your feet up, take a break, have a drink. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what exactly it is that prevents me from doing all these ideas, these creative projects that I have. And it's hard to gauge whether or not it's something innate to me where I'll give you an example, like writing a novel. I've been saying since I was 15, I was going to write a novel. I think I'm a reasonably cogent writer. I'd like to think I have good sense of prose nothing ever gets written. I've written one first draft of a novel that I'll never let anybody look at because I'm really not happy with how it turned out. And I really pushed myself to get through that first draft. And, you know, is it a question of motivation? Is it just that I'm not motivated enough, that I don't have enough energy? Is it just the circumstances of life that, you know, with anxiety... You know, you're just doing enough just to survive through the day. You're just doing enough to be able to meet your basic functions. You don't have that extra groundswell to start thriving. I mean, that's certainly part of it. Or maybe it's just something innate to the activity itself. Like maybe novel writing is an idea I have, but it doesn't really serve me. 
I think I enjoyed podcasting. I think podcasting is something that serves me well in the sense that I got to talk to a lot of neat people that I probably wouldn't have talked to otherwise, at least not in this kind of long format. And so part of me was thinking, okay, now I'm doing legal assistance work during the day. I'm having these 30, 40 minute conversations with just complete and utter strangers from every corner of the country. And I'm just getting these little vignettes into their life. They're telling me what's going on. I happen to have some useful input because they wouldn't be calling me if there wasn't a legal component to their problems. But, you know, I get to make that connection a couple times a day, like doing a podcast. The only difference is I can't publish it. And maybe that's enough for me. Maybe given the fact that I'm not pulling in uh, monetization numbers from this podcast, I'm not chasing after celebrities day in, day out to build some kind of amorphous brand for myself. Maybe that was enough to kind of scratch whatever itch was was being satisfied by the podcast in the first place. And yet, you know, there's always going to be a bit of a latent guilt whenever you walk away from a project. Farhad told me straight to my face, they're like, well, that was the first thing you ever actually stuck to that I saw was that podcast. And you gave that up too. And you hear that and you're like, oh, you know, that, that hits you right in the feels. You feel very... I don't want to say assaulted by that, but, you know, there's definitely some kind of a negative energy behind the idea that like, oh, there's another thing that I gave up on, you know, people give up on all sorts of things. And I think that's an interesting mindset to be in, in December of the second year of COVID where how many people started making sourdough bread when they got stuck at home all alone and how many people have given that up and we're a few weeks away from january where people come up with a bunch of lofty expectations for themselves for the year about what they're going to do are they going to lose weight are they going to find mr right are they going to finally get that new job what is it that is so significant about the number changing on the calendar that now okay We've turned the page. It's a fresh slate. I want to go and do something different. And invariably, a lot of those fail. I think most of those new plans that people have fail. And I wonder how much of it is just because of a lack of having the right mindset or how much of it is just because it wasn't the right resolution to make at that time. And if that sounds really fluffy and ephemeral, it probably is. But uh, it's okay. Because that's kind of where my mindset's going these days. I'm looking back on the last two years of pretty much being at home every single day with my wife and my kids. And, uh, and the cat, who has since left to go and find something more interesting to do. You know, I just generally speaking, I am a bit of a loner. And people find that hard to believe. Some people find that hard to believe because I'm very loud. And somehow being loud and being extroverted are kind of assumed to be intrinsically linked. But I don't think that's the case, at least not for me.
So I don't think I had as hard a time with COVID as people that live for going to the nightclub on the weekend or going to movies or seeing 20 different friends or people who have to go to a restaurant every single day. I don't, I I enjoyed the odd restaurant meal, yes, but it was not, you know, I'm seeing all these nostalgic articles in The Economist and these podcasts where, you know, all these yuppies are crying about the loss of restaurants like we've, you know, killed a puppy and they're really sad about it and I wonder how much of it is that they're too inept to know how to cook or they just don't enjoy it or you know is it really something to do with the social ritual whatever of of going out and having a meal with someone I mean I bought a fire pit that was my way to get around uh, socializing I, I burned shit in my backyard and I invite people over I we drink my homemade beer I, I smoke cigars and um, you know that's kind of how I made up for the social aspect that I guess I missed I mean most of my socializing really revolved around kind of sports things I did like I had a softball team I would play with in the summer two of them and I haven't done that in two seasons now. And I I would play badminton and squash at the RA Center. And I have friends that have gone back and they're playing squash. And um, I just don't feel comfortable being indoors with somebody breathing heavy and sweating in the small room yet. So, you know, that's where I'm at. So, you know, I've become a little bit more cloistered than even I might have enjoyed in the normal circumstances and I've found ways to work around it and I think generally speaking I've been thriving but still it um there are days when it weighs on you and I am appreciate that probably weighs heavier on some people more than others and, you know, the reaction by a lot of people has been to either um, just ignore any of the news saying that this stuff is dangerous and you need to stay out of the public and just decide that it's all a crock of shit and just live your life like everything was normal. And I mean, that's sort of one perspective that a lot of people have taken. And the other side is just to uh, do the exact same thing, but take selfies with a paper mask on your face and and hashtag thanks science because you got vaccinated so now you can you can do whatever you want and i think that's been a reaction of a lot of people that are just kind of fed up with it and i can't say i blame them for being fed up but at the same time um i guess i hate the people with the mask selfies a little bit more than the people that are just acting like it ignorant illiterates because you know the hashtag thanks science was the one that really got me because people thank science as though it's like a, a set of beliefs or a religion when it gives you a vaccine but 
you know, I never see on like the anniversary of Hiroshima, just a picture of a giant mushroom cloud and somebody saying, thanks, science. And it's like, you know, we criticize all our politicians and religious leaders and intellectual figures and, and we cancel actors and comedians. But it's like, for the most part, science can be something that we revere even though it's really at its essence just a tool that you would use you would never say thanks knowledge and yet you know science is but one tool that we would use to ascertain knowledge so i don't really know where i'm going with any of this um I don't know where I've ever gone with this podcast to begin with, except to say, hey, I started this thing where I talked to people that I hadn't talked to in a long time that I wanted to hear more about, where it would have been really weird to just phone them up and ask if I could just chat with them for half an hour. You know, it's just not socially acceptable, but with a podcast, it is, and I suppose what I could do if there were people I really wanted to talk to is just tell them that I'm recording a podcast and then just call them up and just completely bullshit them about the whole premise of having a podcast. But I feel like some people would be let down by that. So you would actually have to publish the podcast. And one of the hardest things for me was finding guests and not in the sense that like, oh, nobody wanted to be on my podcast, but... You know, there were people that I wanted to interview, but I was so scared to write to them, to ask them uh, to come on as guests, either because I didn't have an existing relationship with them or I've been so long or I just felt like I was bothering people. And and then there were a couple of guests where they said they wanted to come on and then my kids were having a rough night sleeping. You know, one of them would throw up on me. I had to cancel, then they canceled. And then I would just get stood up and then radio silence. You know, there were a couple of people, I don't want to name names, that I just never heard back from. Some were just really, like, there were some really far out there people that I wanted to have on the podcast where, like, you know, if I just showed you the emails I got, it's like, wow, I think you're brilliant, but I also think that um, you're, you're nuts. That's not politically correct, but I, I think I already just alluded to some casual misogyny with the cat about 10 minutes ago. So, you know, all eight people that are going to listen to this podcast, you know, feel free to write to me with, uh, with whatever ire you want to bestow on me. And, uh, I think I can live with that. I really appreciate it if you've gotten this far just to take notes on the things that you found offensive in this retrospectacle. You know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that 2022 is going to look different than 2021, hopefully in a positive way, but hard to say. And... Um, you know, if there's anything that I've I've learned in my 35 years, it's that you make a lot of predictions and assumptions about how the world is going to be, and your predictions, or at least my skills of prediction, are very poor. And so you often just spend a lot of time catastrophizing and 
it's a lot of nervous energy that in retrospect can probably be put to better use. It's not that panicking or being anxious in and of itself is inherently bad. I think planning ahead is something good. I have a real hard time with people who just under plan and do everything at the last minute and are late for every appointment and, you know, can't, you know, the people who put the essays together and start cramming for the exam the night before because they couldn't see far enough ahead that something was coming. Like as an anxious person myself, I have very little patience for those kind of people. So I think there's definitely a time and a place to over-prepare and get really into the zone and start panicking about things. But I don't think it's necessarily a philosophy that I want to live my entire life by. So I don't know if I'm going to make this podcast a regular thing anymore, but every now and then sitting here in my basement with the furnace fan off, I think there is a certain catharsis to it. So I might try doing these semi-regularly. I might get some guests back on. I've been working on OBS just because I've been playing an inordinate amount of chess and I decided it would be fun to try and live stream some of my chess games on Twitch. It turns out it's not very fun. It's a lot more fun to watch someone on Twitch than to actually be on Twitch. So I don't think I'm going to do that very much, but the nice thing about OBS as a software is I think I'm pretty good at recording other people and their whatever audio platform it is that they want, whether it's Discord, Facebook Messenger, Twitter Spaces, um, Skype, a telephone, like you name it. There's a couple of other different platforms that I can use, and I think there's different ways that I can get a hold of people who otherwise, you know, wouldn't have liked the other software options that I had. And frankly, they were pretty crappy. I mean, the cloud-based podcasting software often screwed up my recording so bad that it resulted in an extra four or five hours of post-recording editing that I had to do to line things up. So, you know, I think I've got everything down packed where if I wanted guests to come back onto the show, it wouldn't be as much of a burden as it was before. And I think I would do a much lighter touch with editing because probably I'm the only person who cared enough about it. Although, who cares if you listen? But I do. I think I do care if you listen. Uh, Not in a way that I'm chasing things for likes or clicks, but I think everybody at some intrinsic level kind of cares if they're heard at some level, that people actually understand what it is they're saying and why they're saying it. So, you know, that's as much of an admission that I care if people listen as I'm ever going to get on this podcast. And who knows, maybe I'll put another one out before the new year. Probably not. But I think I'm going to keep using this platform in some format. I'm getting together with James DeVille. And we've been talking about another podcast project. Um, Some of you might have heard rumors about it. I don't want to make any spoilers on here, but um, I have an idea for a podcast that we've been mulling over for quite some time, and I think it's going to be an interesting one. So 
that's going to be another project that's kind of going to be kicking around in the background the same time that uh, that hopefully this one keeps on trucking along. So um, without further ado, I think I'm going to sign off. And as always, who cares if you listen?